Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Let's react to the Oppenheimer trailers. So there's a couple. There's one on YouTube as well as one that's exclusively in IMAX playing before Avatar Way of Water. We just saw that trailer for the first time. I haven't seen any of the trailers, so we've watched both today. But we saw the IMAX one today when we were seeing Avatar The Way of Water. And my goodness, I had an out-of-body experience. I was like sweating. It was intense. I guarantee Nolan cut that trailer up compared to the one that's been released by Universal on YouTube, which is a really good trailer, but I think the IMAX one was uh, leagues better. So the, 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 the version online, it's really beautiful and stunning, and it gives you a sense for the scale and scope of the film for sure. And the IMAX version, I actually liked a lot better because it showed the stakes, not just of these the stakes of blowing of sending off this weapon, but also the idea that the world, it, the entire world could be at risk if something goes wrong, uh, where a, a character reveals that the entire atmosphere could be ignited if this weapon um, malfunctions in any way. Also in the IMAX trailer, we got a heck of a lot of Matt Damon, who seems to be really terrific uh, with Matt, with uh, Christopher Nolan's new film. And also we got a little bit more Robert Downey Jr., who, which I liked seeing. I love the cinematography. I think it looks gorgeous and lush. Um, Christopher Nolan's an amazing guy where he manages to shoot with IMAX film cameras, handheld with natural lighting, which is like unbelievable what he can capture with these images with Hoyt Van Hoytema. I was absolutely floored by both trailers, but I do prefer the IMAX one better. In the IMAX one, we got more characters. The one that Universal released online on YouTube, everything. It's more of a character piece trailer for Oppenheimer, the character played by Killian Murphy, the real life character. Most of these characters are people who existed in real life, even characters like Albert Einstein, who shows up in the IMAX trailer. So that's why I like the IMAX trailer a lot more because we got to see more characters. Matt Damon, obviously, I don't even think he's shown in the YouTube trailer, maybe just for a shot, him. but having him extensively in the IMAX trailer as well as who's playing Albert Einstein? It is Conti, Anthony Conti, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but also the cast is just absurdly stacked. Let me run through the cast real quick. Uh, obviously, Killing Murphy's playing Robert uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Then we have Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, David Crumholtz, Gary Oldman, Kenneth Branagh, James Raymar, Jack Quaid, Rami Malek, David Desmachian, Josh Hartnett, Gustav Skarsgård. I, I knew there was another Skarsgård running around. <laughs> Casey Affleck, Matthias Schweiger, uh, Schweigerfer, Olivia Thirlby, Michael Angarano, Matthew Modine, Dane Dehan, Tony Goldwyn, James DeArcy, Scott Grimes, Alden Einrich, Devin Bostick, Jason Clark, Alex Wolf, Josh Peck, Emma Dumont, Benny Safty, Josh Zuckerman, Luis Lombard, and so many others. So Tom Conti plays Albert Einstein, Dylan Arnold, Jeff Hefner. This is the most stacked cast in the history of cinema, this possibly. might rival Wes Anderson casts. It's crazy. Because that's insane. That's a, a really deep roster. To have Jason Clark be like your 15th build actor, that's amazing. Because he's an amazing actor. Uh, also, Josh Peck and Olivia Thirlby, they starred in a movie together. I remember when he was like the little small-time drug dealer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see them in a, in a Christopher Nolan film. Uh, we, did all, we also didn't see... Too much Emily Blunt in the online trailer, but she's seen quite a bit in the IMAX trailer. But what I like the approach that it's taken because it didn't show it in the online one, but uh, we we saw quite a lot of sequences of black and white footage in the IMAX trailer, which shows us that this might be uh, similar to early Christopher Nolan films where he's going to be jumping around time. It looks like there's some kind of hearing that Oppenheimer is uh, either testifying or um, being facing persecution for. 
And it looks like that might be cross-cut with the events of the real-time narrative that uh, of the development of the bomb and the eventual detonation of it. And it looks like a fascinating approach. I really like how this film feels like it has an emotional heartbeat about uh, really showcasing the, the cost of war, the cost of such destruction, and the weight and the burden that seems to be weighing on this man who helped create this technology. And I was absolutely at the edge of my seat with the emotional stakes that they showed in just in this two-minute teaser. I really also enjoyed the stakes of the bomb, how it could end the world, how it could the atmosphere could, cu- could catch on fire and destroy the world as we know it. And the stakes are so high that, you know, it's it's near zero, but it's almost zero. Now, obviously, uh, Killian's Oppenheimer. Now, Matt Damon plays Leslie Groves, who directed the Manhattan Project and oversaw the Pentagon's construction. He narrates a good amount of the IMAX trailer, and he has a great line about uh, Killian Murphy's character, Oppenheimer, the scientific genius who he calls uh, Delatante, a womanizer, unstable, theatrical, and neurotic, before according to a conversation of the pair where Groves said, why don't you have a Nobel Prize? And Oppenheimer says, why aren't you a general? Groves replies, they're making me one for this. So I'm I'm guessing that Oppenheimer and Groves, I mean, Groves is going to be a huge character in this film as well. Plus, I mean, secret roles for Gary Oldman, Kenneth Branagh, which we can't get into yet. I loved seeing, I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. I, I kind of want to read a book about the Manhattan Project now, but the uh, Los Alamos, the testing site, which is in Nevada, I believe. Um, like kind New of, Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, New yeah. Mexico. Sorry. Um, where they did the testing and like that, uh, fake town and yeah. like, clearly Oppenheimer is showing his wife and an infant child his workplace basically and also we got a glimpse at them testing the bomb right before it goes off so I cannot wait because just the, the pulse of this trailer that they cut for IMAX is one of the best pieces of cinema I've seen this entire year <laughs> and it's a goddamn trailer in IMAX it blew my mind I was also impressed with the the visuals that he created uh, and I'm sure we only got just a, t- a small tease of them of both uh, fire embers really beautiful cinematography depicting uh the the power of of this of the substance and also it looks like we got to see a lot of depictions of the cellular cellular level uh, within the hydrogen bomb um maybe that was the depiction of atoms and neuron electrons and neutrons scattering um, we're not scientists. So yeah, I'm not scientists. Speaking out that's of, just yeah, speaking out of his butt. Yeah, but that's what it looked like to me, and to see how the light um, of these uh, these molecules moves, it looks like they are doing a lot of it practically. Uh, similar, it reminds me a bit of like Terrence Malick and what he did with Tree, Tree of, of Life. Life. Yeah, and knowing Christopher Nolan, he's gonna go as little CGI as possible. And can you also online was saying that he's recreating the nuclear bomb. He's re- recreating an explosion that can be yes, can so be depicted as similar Christopher to Christopher Nolan and the filmmakers of Oppenheimer did not create a nuclear bomb nor did they explode a nuclear bomb. All these headlines are just clickbait. What he did was recreate the kind of explosion. My guess is what they did and my assumption is they wanted to create the nuclear bomb if it goes off in this movie by using pyrotechnics and explosives practically safe ones that won't cause a nuclear <laughs> holocaust and murder every, and kill everybody in the cast and crew. But to create a similar-looking explosion. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure just to create that bright light, the mushroom cloud, I'm sure specific ingredients need to p- be put in ta- inside the explosive 
to create the mushroom cloud. I'm, I'm guessing he's probably going to make a giant miniature of a city, maybe. That's my guess, to make it look practical rather than CGI. And what I mean by a giant miniature is, you know, a city that is a miniature, like kind of like Blade Runner 2049 sets and Blade Runner sets, which are skyscrapers that you can walk amongst, but a huge scale of that so that you can practically film a nuclear explosion and get that mushroom cloud over a sea. That's my guess. I'm not sure how he's going to do it, but he did not blow up a nuclear bomb. I'm pretty sure that's a war crime, and he would be prosecuted for the rest of his life. Yeah, so that's not what happened, but I'm sure he figured out a way. And I'm sure they even probably made different size detonations to get diff- certain looks that he wanted for, uh, whether it be uh, a pretty close to the fire, really ex- destroying uh, buildings and and such, whereas, or in even a smaller explosion to shoot a super wide shot of like a, a giant model. So I'm sure he they came up with uh, multiple versions of it as well. The trailer reminded me a lot of There Will Be Blood in terms yeah, of the locations yeah. and the color scheme. You know, there's a lot of locations set in the desert, obviously, but then the fire contrasting with the fire in There Will Be Blood and kind of just like this huge worldly stakes on something that can change the world. There Will Be Blood, uh, the gas revolution in, in fossil fuels digging up of it from the ground, discovering the oil. oil wells versus uh, destroying an entire city with the nuclear bomb. Yeah. So it's kind of like, they seem kind of like cousins almost, I, th- yeah. thematically and, and aesthetically. It made me think of There Will Be Blood as well because both are expertly shot and crafted, but it's the environments really, uh, that the, that desert landscape that really gave me, and, and also like the, the, the what the, the manufacturing and the, the development of like an infrastructure to like do something secretly, it reminded me a lot of There Will Be Blood for sure. And a lot of people I've seen on the internet, specifically towards this film, have been saying, like, why are we making this film? Why are we making a story about this guy who created this horrific killing machine, this device, the the, the most destructive weapon in the history of mankind when it was created? Why, why should we so- go see this movie? I think because as horrific as the atomic bomb was, it's a highly interesting story, highly interesting character piece on Oppenheimer, clearly. It's also, it's not saying that he's promoting, Chris Nolan's not promoting war, he's not promoting nuclear weapons to be used on other countries and cities in nuclear war, but it's just, it's one of the most important events in the history of the world, and I think people should learn about it. I don't know much about the Manhattan Project, I'm sure we'll get a lot of information from this film. Definitely want to read some books and check out some documentaries leading up to the movie, for sure. But I think it's one of those historical things that even though it's terrible and it's horrific, it's one of the most important events because it changed the course of history. Also, the, the course of warfare. And it seems as though the film is an anti-war film. The main theme of the movie is, is said out loud by uh, one of the, by Killian Murphy's uh, character of Oppenheimer where he says, uh, I'm, I'm misquoting it, but he says something along the lines of they won't know, they won't be able to fear it until they use it. And no, so, until they understand until it. Until they understand and it. They won't understand it until, until they, they use it. Until they use it. And so uh, I think that that I think that's the main theme, it looks like, of the film of showing uh, trying to understand the destructive power of something like this. And I think it could be a, a timely reminder of why something like this should never be used again. So I think it's it seems like it's an anti war film. Can't wait to see it. Christopher Nolan is one of the greatest filmmakers in the history of American cinema, and he's still going at it. I cannot wait to see this. Obviously, Warner Brothers lost him somehow because they, you know, took that L, but he's been picked up by Universal. I'm sure they gave him all the money and perks that he wanted in the world. No, he picked Universal. Final cut. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to see Oppenheimer. It is our most anticipated film of 2023, which is going to be a stacked year. We'll talk some more in depth about this, maybe do a preview of Oppenheimer in a couple months as we get ready and closer to that date in 2023. It's coming out in July, I believe, July 
21st. His favorite month. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. And be sure to get tickets to our live show, which is on January 21st, 2023, live in person in downtown Los Angeles. Tickets at dynastytypewriter.com or the link in our Instagram bio. Or you can get online tickets to watch the live broadcast as we're doing it in person from moments.co slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. I'm sorry, slash Raiders of the Lost, no podcast. And from Moment, you'll be able to get tickets to watch us as we're doing the live show. Again, moment.co slash Raiders of the Lost for live broadcast tickets around the world. Let us know what you think of the Oppenheimer trailer and see you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.